Welcome to the third episode of Talking CEE, CMS podcast and video series discussing the challenges and opportunities that businesses and industries in Central and Eastern Europe face today and tomorrow. My name is Lukas Heiduk, and I'm the regional head of CMS real estate and hotels practice. A few months ago, we were all forced to leave our desks and start working from our homes. To the surprise of many of us, we generally found that it is doable. In the early days of COVID, I remember talking to one of CMS senior partners who said that he sees people not only manage to work efficiently from home, but that they actually like it. And it may be a good model going forward. What an impact this could have on the market, I thought. Will firms require less space? Will there be less demand for offices? Will offices become riskier investment? Will people like working remotely for a long period of time? Can you manage and train people remotely? We are here to discuss exactly that. The impact of working from home on the office market. I have a great pleasure to introduce you to the experts that will be discussing these matters with me today. Roxana Fratila is a partner in CMS Bucharest office, and she is the head of real estate practice there. Her expertise focuses on real estate transactions and leasing work. Josef Krautmann is a partner and the head of tenant representation services in Cushman and Wakefield Prague office. He's also a member of the board at RICS in the Czech Republic. George Lewis was a CE head of capital markets at major agency firm in Prague. After spending some years back in England, he returned to CE to escape the Brexit chaos, as he puts it. And he is now the director at the capital markets team at Knight Frank in Warsaw. Roxana, companies were pushed to implement remote working and they managed quite well. But what about returning back to the office? What are the regulatory challenges the firms have to deal with? Thank you, Lukas. Actually, all the players on the office market were challenged by the new reality brought by this uh, pandemic. Tenants who have to decide uh, uh, how they continue their activities in the premises and the landlords on the other side who needed to make up their mind on how to approach their tenants' uh, uh, requests and how to respond to the need of collecting the rent uh, from the tenants. Uh, and all of these uh, challenges in a context where in most of the CE jurisdictions, uh, the legislators did not come up uh, with uh, substantial measures to um, actually suspend uh, uh, the activity by law uh, uh, in uh, the office buildings or to otherwise regulate explicitly how the risks should be allocated between the landlords and the tenants. And uh, that uh, led uh, to the situation where uh, the rental payments uh, have been rather a matter of negotiation between the landlords and the tenants. Uh, uh, and currently, the, the tenants uh, may have reached the position uh, to, to, to be more pressed uh, by uh, their businesses in order to justify economically uh, that uh, uh, they actually need uh, so much uh, uh, leased uh, spaces in the office buildings if they cannot uh, uh, operate uh, at full capacity. So uh, these are uh, challenges that uh, many businesses may have to, to address uh, properly in the coming period uh, uh, if the economy does not pick up. A second layer of challenges uh, um, uh, was um, the implementation in all the CE countries uh, of uh, the social distancing and health and safety rules. 
Uh, and um, I will not uh, spend too much time on this because all of us are already uh, familiar uh, with uh, uh, the new regulations on uh, the social distancing uh, uh, in uh, office buildings, uh, use of the elevators and the uh, common areas. Um, but um, all of these uh, measures and their implementation did not cause actually a huge investment on uh, the tenants or landlord side as yet. So I would say that uh, maybe a bigger investment may be needed in the coming future when uh, the business businesses might decide that uh, they actually want to come back and operate their uh, premises fully and uh, give up uh, to a certain extent uh, to the already familiar working uh, from uh, home. And um, from the operational perspective, what positives and negatives do you see in working from home arrangement? Looking at the emotional or if you want to say um, psychological side, maybe also uh, uh, equally important. And one query is whether on the long run, uh, people will continue being as efficient and involved while working from home as they used to be when working from the traditional offices. And uh, many speak about uh, uh, bored and uh, tired uh, employees uh, who have to, to, to deal with their life uh, all day long in the same place. And I'm quite uh, sure that most of the panelists uh, today have experienced this, uh, this feeling, uh, at least at the beginning of the, the lockdown. Um, I would say that it very much depends on each uh, business. And um, maybe uh, Josef will bring us more insight on how the various businesses uh, responded to the pandemic challenges and how the figures of uh, uh, the office leasing look like nowadays. But uh, one uh, characteristic, uh, or better say, one uh, lesson that many businesses may have learned uh, is that the more senior staff is more acquainted, is more able to organize uh, the business in a more effective manner while uh, working uh, from home. Whereas for the, the more junior staff, it may be more difficult. They are at the beginning of their career. They need more coaching and mentoring and supervision. And you cannot actually, in my view, uh, deliver all of that uh, uh, if uh, uh, that is done uh, mostly virtually. So all of these aspects uh, uh, may in time prevail over the more uh, obvious positives uh, of the working from home. Uh, and as you may anticipate, the, the two major uh, positives are that the people may feel safer, more comfortable working from home, less time to commute to the office, uh, if no time to commute to the office. And uh, uh, indeed, these are uh, all uh, nice advantages for, for all of us. But in my view, working solely from, from uh, home may not be feasible on the long uh, run. Joseph, you work with many tenants. What trends do you see on the market at the moment? Thank you, Lukash, for this question. Um, what we currently see is a big variety of approaches how to deal with the situation. I think it very much depends on the type of business. Let's say more conservative business like lawyers or companies in the professional services sector, uh, they are mostly already at 100% back in the office, whilst more creative businesses, let's say marketing companies, architects, they enable uh, to work from home even until next year. So 
in the end, what we can see now is as working from home in the past was just uh, limited allowed by the companies is that basically in general, all companies made a very positive experience with working from home. So uh, some of them basically allowed work from home as much as the employees want. There are even now companies that registered, uh, for example, here in Czech Republic, that their employees prefer to work all the time from home. So they basically will provide them with chairs, working desks, computers, everything for their home. So they won't have any fixed desk in the office. Uh, whilst at the other side, there are also still employees who need to have the social contact with their colleagues. And depending on their needs, they will come to the office uh, or work from home. Thank you, Josef. And what is the impact on the take-up of the office space? What is the midterm impact when the current leases come to an end? Well, I think um, there is definitely, let's say, some uh, negative impact, as we can see a decrease in take-up activity, and we see an increase in the vacancy rates of office space. Uh, which is even leveraged by a lot of sublease space now coming to the market. Um, so in the midterm, we will uh, definitely see, let's say, a repricing on the office leasing market, uh, speaking especially about the incentive packages. Let's see whether headline rents will change. Um, from the landlord side, uh, our experience in Prague at the moment is that uh, landlords pretend that nothing has happened, there is no COVID, and they try to proceed in their strong landlord's position they have been over the last years. Um, but uh, I think within the coming months, uh, we will see the big pressure and um, there will be this correction. And when you said that the landlords in Prague pretend as if nothing happened, um, is that is the situation same in in other markets? Um, basically, basically yes. At least if we speak about the CE countries, uh, then uh, the information we got from our colleagues is uh, the situation is very similar. Uh, of course, compared to the Prague market, uh, there are other markets, for example, the Warsaw market, which is much more bigger. So um, I think if we speak about absolute numbers, then the impact might be even a little bit bigger than the Czech Republic. But what is common in all those markets is the fact that there is a big portion of uncertainty, which makes company reluctant to make any decisions. And... This, in general, will simply produce the lower demand, the lower activity, and uh, a slowdown in the market throughout CE. George, uh, Josef used words such as repricing, uncertainty, low demand, slowdown. What do you see as the impact on, on the office sector from capital markets perspective? Yes, thank you, Lukash. I think um, 
certainly there's still an investor base out there that's very keen to deploy money and capital into the office sector. But I think first and foremost, there has been um, a relative correction of price. Certainly deals that were put under offer pre-COVID, um, there has been an expectation of some form of price reduction. Now, this isn't major at this point, but there is a slight softening of the yields. I think that where we are now is that for many investors, it's absolutely critical that they're investing in a comfortable zone of liquidity. And by that, I mean deals above 100 million are not easy to put under offer. Um, I think there's always been a relatively shallow pool of buyers, particularly when you start getting up above 200 million. But now what we see is investors' sweet spot is typically is sub 100 million and there is really that sort of level between 30 and 70 where most investors wish to be. I think I would also add to that that location-wise it becomes more and more important that people want to be investing in those strong locations and at the moment anything that is outside of core becomes simply that much more difficult to place and to get traction with and for buyers to go on top of quality of buildings becomes increasingly more important. Um, in order for investors to get product through investment committee, it is important that those buildings just will come up to the specification which is expected by their technical teams. And do you see that the sector, the office sector, is uh, becoming riskier in general? I would answer that, Lukash, by saying that obviously the focus of buying real estate, apart from obviously the physical element of it, is the income stream. And I think what we will see and we do see now is all investors are being that much more critical and searching and probing as to the quality of the covenant. Now, on the one end, you'll see names in a different sector, such as logistics with the Amazons, where there is a, a huge weight of money wishing to deploy there. But I think that generally what we'll see, and we do see, is investors very focused on who is behind paying the rent, what sector they are in. And when you look at a building's profile, are you actually exposing that yourself as an owner to certain sectors which may be under threat or a concentration of certain sectors. So by that, I may mean that would you really want to have, say, two businesses from the travel industry in one property? And I think the answer is most investors would say no, they wouldn't. I think also to just additionally add, and following on what, what's been talked about by Joseph earlier, is at the moment it will be the whole question of the amount of space which occupiers require, the incentive packages, the level of rent. And so all of that does mean that when investors are looking at buildings, if it has a relatively short income profile, they will look and need to price accordingly. Because obviously, if you're entering into a renewal in the next sort of year, 18 months, then the expectation is that you may well have to put a little bit more on the table, either to retain your tenants or to bring new occupiers in. Okay. And 
offices have been one of the traditional uh, sectors for investment. What are the alternatives? Are, have you seen any alternative uh, sectors arising recently? At, at the beginning of the year, we were having conversations with some very core money, which had been less focused on the logistics sector. Um, now, as we've reached later in this year, actually the interest and appetite for logistics has really sort of accelerated during the COVID period. And now, actually, there's there's a term that's called um, beds and sheds, and by that it's logistics, where there is the huge appetite. But additionally, what has been previously known as the alternate sector, but I may say that I believe that it's something that's going to become very much more mainstream, of the PRS, uh, the student housing, the senior living, all of these areas are showing um, with investors great appetite and clearly in Central Europe product is you know of a certain level but we see that there is more and more appetite amongst developers to create this product in order to satisfy uh, the demands of investors. Let me finish with asking a, a personal question. Would you like to continue working from home at least for part of your time for the future? Are we ever coming back to pre-COVID, nine to five, Monday to Friday office work? On a personal level, I think that um, home working for, say, a day a week brings many benefits to people and allows perhaps an element of work-life balance that for many was not there before. However, I believe that in terms of we are social beings, we like to be with other people, I certainly do, big reason that I went into real estate was because it was the opportunity of spending time meeting new people, but also physically being out and seeing different places and buildings. So I don't believe that the office will be replaced. I think what it does need to, we do need to see is that the office space that's available for people is compelling and attractive and that people want to go and spend time there. But I think that there will be a balance. And I think for many people in the professional services to have a day a week, why not? Thank you. And with that, I would like to finish our discussion and thank to our speakers for sharing their thoughts with us today. I would also like to thank our audience for listening. And I hope you will join us again at the next episode of Talking CE. Thank you.